0: Feeling inspired by hosts Ron and Tyler to work on your health? The Movie Buffs podcast is brought to you by Time to Train Fitness, your home for on demand workouts for every level of fitness. Exercise with amazing certified instructors that want you to push through any barriers. At Time to Train Fitness, you'll find quality workouts across six class formats, including indoor cycling, HIT, bar, yoga, strength training, and dance cardio. Stream brand new classes releasing every week in our 450-plus on-demand workout library. Use the link in the description to view all of the membership options and to start a free five-day trial. Get ready to press play on your next workout.
1: Hey, everybody. Ron Jam here, and I'm excited to talk to you today about our sponsor. For any of my fellow fitness buffs out there who love to train, you also know that hard training leads to aches and pains, and that's why I love today's sponsor, Royal & Pure CBD. Their philosophy is to enhance your life with pure ingredients that you and your pet can feel good taking. Royal and Pure products combine the healing properties of hemp-derived CBD with other active botanical ingredients to enrich your daily activities and ease the aches, inflammation, and pains that come from being active, aging, Or just daily life. I use their salve on all my achy spots, especially on my recovery days, and I always use their PM tincture to help me get a great night's sleep and recover to hit it hard the next day. They're offering our listeners 20% off at checkout by using code RONJAM20. So if you're interested in checking out their great products and seeing just how helpful they can be, visit royalandpure.com and use code RONJAM20 at checkout for 20% off. Okay, time for the show. hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of the movie was podcast the strongest podcast in the world about movies i'm your friendly neighborhood host ron jam joined as always by LT gray and you you my friends are in for a real fucking treat as this is our first ever fully r-rated episode so tyler what the fuck is up man
0: you're really leaning hard into that r rating yeah bitch (laughs) how's it going man it's going. I'm excited for today's episode. We haven't recorded in a bit. Yeah, you're all rock hard in your penis area. <laughs> I don't know if you're actually going to keep any of this,
1: but we'll see. Uh, so now that we're here, let's start getting warmed up, man. Uh, it's been a minute. We uh, Our last two episodes were recorded and put out on a staggered schedule because I've been busy and out of town. But we're back. We're live. Um, at least the people here in this live include the flowers on the table beside me, and Tyler's wife maybe in the other room. Well,
0: jumping into our warm-up. But oh, you're just going to cool.
1: ignore it? Who's, who's there listening? Your cats count, right? They're listening to it
0: live? There are no cats with me. There are no cats in your house? Not with me in my office. Aaron, you hear this guy lying about cats? Just because you know one of our fans doesn't mean you can <laughs> always lean into that. He's got my back. Uh, sure okay, so
1: let's get warmed up. Let's <laughs> get warmed up. I'll stop sidetracking you. What do you got going for us today?
0: Before we jump into the news, what I'm going to do is actually give a shout out to our top cities. This is our 12th episode, and it's pretty cool. With this iteration of our podcast, we're seeing some pretty cool analytics, and we want to make sure that people that are listening, they know that we appreciate them. So I'm going to read our top eight cities here, and thank you for tuning in, subscribing. If you can, leave us a review. That definitely helps us get the word out there more and sharing with your friends. So we have Columbus. Ashburn, Chandler, Manhattan Beach, Chino, Thousand Oaks, Brussels, and West Roxbury. Thank you for being our listeners. More like a night at the Roxbury, huh? That's a good one. Good movie. (laughs) So I'm going to jump into the news now. We have quite a list with Ronald's time off last week. I just accumulated a list of news to share and it's good stuff some of it good some stuff to laugh at and the first one i'm going to go with is according to screen rant lucasfilm is reportedly planning a post sequel of star wars about a new jedi order exciting Mm. stuff in my opinion ronald do you think there is ever going to be a star wars that everybody likes (laughs) i think that's honestly an impossible (laughs) thing but that everybody likes I don't know. I feel like the Star Wars fandom was pretty united about liking
1: The Mandalorian, although I know personally a person who claims to be a huge Star Wars fan who refuses to watch anything past the prequels. So my answer is no. And one thing I want to say real quick to Tyler, shout outs for always having a decent follow-up. When I give the news, it's usually like, just here's the news and then I'll stop talking. So I want to... Thank Tyler and be real grateful for my co-host here for really teeing me up with some shit to talk about. Thank you for
0: that, Tyler. Now, what's next? Before we go into it, you are correct with, at the beginning, a lot of fans were united with Mandalorian, and I think that kind of fell off the cliff with this uh, Book of Boba Fett. I'm not going to go too much into it because Ronald has not caught up with it. Don't say Uh, my name on the phone. But with... The Mandalorian, a lot of stuff I feel like was put into it that can push Star Wars forward, and that's really what I'm going to say about that. So next piece of news here, Blade Runner 2099 in the Mm -hmm. works at Amazon, which is surprising, but Mm -hmm. they have a lot of money. First question for you. I have two of them here. First question. And it's not really a question, actually. When I look at my notes here, it's my <laughs> okay. weekly note to say, Screw you to Ridley Scott. So oh, got oh, that good. out into the universe. Let's get him uh, mad at us, Tyler. Thank you. Just so you I'm know sure Mr. Scott listen. and
1: all prominent directors in Hollywood, none of the views expressed by Tyler Valencia are expressed by myself. So if you're looking for me or you need to cast <laughs> me, I do not share this man's opinions. What's I kind of funny now all... that I
0: think about it, now that I've finished that whole uh, series of Love. And in it, I don't know if, did you even watch, watch it? So will my joke even hit with you? I've heard it a lot. I don't watch it, but I'll hear it do other stuff. So, so in the show, quote unquote, the character was like an assistant to Ridley Scott and then he like wanted like a raise or something. I think that was his his? real life story too. Was it really? Yeah. My wife was telling me that. (laughs) Now I kind of feel bad for like laughing about it (laughs) because if it is his real life, I thought it was just like made up, but (laughs) this is my weekly screw you to Ridley Scott. Question now for you. So new Blade Runner in the works here, mm-hmm. Amazon, a lot of money. My question is, with this announcement, it stated that Scott could potentially direct the series. Do you think there will be or could be any tonal issues and shifts with it going from Scott to Villeneuve back to Scott? Could this kind of mess with the release at all? That's interesting. Um, I
1: don't know. I feel like tonally speaking, a Danny Villeneuve version kind of picked up at least tonally where the other one left off obviously they look different Mm -hmm. it's set in the future um but i don't know how it would be i think really scott's like 83 years old i don't know if that's the person you want to like put another billion dollar tv show in charge of somebody who's that you know that old because Mm -hmm. of the the production process this show mm-hmm. we're not going to see it for three to four or five years i mean it puts this guy close to 90 so i think that more than tone might be the biggest issue is just the time it takes to produce something like this and you
0: know the director's age being a prohibiting factor yeah i, I mean with Villeneuve, um with him being tied up with dune i don't see him stepping with it mm-hmm. and who's really out there if you think about sci-fi directors who's somebody that could potentially step in for that i don't know it's yeah. a good Good thought process, though. Next piece here that I know Ronald will enjoy talking about is over the last couple weeks, Spider-Man: No Way Home has officially surpassed Avatar to become the third highest-grossing domestic movie of all time. Wow! And from what I hear, since then, and since I uh, put this note in here, it's actually been granted access to release in China, which is an actual thing. Oh wow! So, so that number could make a huge jump in the next coming weeks as well. Oh, that's so super these days yeah so these days critics and fans try to base a movie success off of box office numbers when I'm going to get to that later on when I talk about a different movie here, mm-hmm. but uh, the Academy Awards could honestly care less. that's not really <laughs> <laughs> like news. that's just the fact of it uh but uh, do you think a category should be made for popular releases, or do you think maybe any change should occur? Should there be popular movies a part of best Picture well there actually is proposed a new category for this year's Oscars
1: that is um, fan favorite movie of the year. Mm -hmm. And they're actually taking uh, the popular vote off Twitter, people using hashtags. So they are implementing that currently. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing that I heard, the first thing I thought about it rather when I heard was how are people going to ruin this? You know, like how long until the best Razzie winner and the best popular picture is going to be the same? Mm -hmm. That being said, I'm pretty sure No Way Home is going to win that Oscar, if they do end up going through with it, because people can loved it.
0: <laughs> Agree. Yeah. Agree. Do you think the whole premise of I don't care that nobody watched if it's a good movie, it's a good movie and it needs to be a best picture. Do you think that thought process is true? You know, and the the
1: thing about that, I think it's tough because obviously what makes a movie good or great or the best is all subjective. So mm-hmm. I do think there needs to be some objective criterion placed, you know? Mm -hmm. obviously that will be prohibitive to some point but if a movie is loved by the most people and seen the most it should at least garner the opportunity to be reviewed for best picture because it's making all this money people must enjoy it it must be close to the best yeah um but a movie can still be dog shit and make a lot of (laughs) money i mean we've seen that many times i'm not going to say names Mm -hmm. um but this is not In relation to the last thing I said, but relation to the headline itself, it's funny that Spider-Man passed Avatar because Avatar, as you know, was directed by James Cameron and Spider-Man, the initial adaptation that we're looking for in the late 90s, uh, was directed by James Cameron. It was set to star Leonardo DiCaprio as Peter Parker and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mm -hmm. Dr. Octopus. Um, And then it ended up evaporating and he did Titanic. And this whole process was parodied in the show Entourage when he directed (laughs) um, uh, Aquaman with Vinny Mm -hmm. Chase. And again, funny story, Vinny Chase is replaced in Aquaman number two by Jake Gyllenhaal because Jake Gyllenhaal was set to replace Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man 2 because Tobey Maguire had a back injury that he was also using to leverage into a greater payday for Spider-Man 2. So he was almost Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. then in fiction, he became Aquaman. So yeah. there's that.
0: Let's move on. <laughs> That's pretty good. The uh, There's just one piece I want to add in because with the Academy I Awards- I said, let's move on! Nope. Okay. With the Academy Awards, <laughs> I really feel like there's a part of like elitism with it that- They think that, and even critics and people that blog about movies, that they think that they know so much more about movies than the average viewer, but I think with access to movies these days, and especially quality movies, Mm -hmm. a good point that Ronald made in the last episode was how streaming has made these Best Picture nominations, these nominees more accessible to the general public, and it gets more eyes on them, but yet still, if nobody is interested and wants to watch them, what does that mean? is it really a best picture a really good movie i mean some of these they're painful to watch in my opinion and (laughs) i wouldn't say i'm the average viewer read i research i know quite a bit that goes into production Uh, not on the grand scale of a hollywood movie but (laughs) i'm not the average person i'd say and it's kind of that elitism that pushes people like myself, away from watching the Academy Awards. So it's something to think about. It sure is. Yeah. Well, more positive stuff here. Actually, it's not positive, but (laughs) I like Star Trek. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) A new Star Trek film was announced at the Paramount Investors Day, and it's slated for December twenty second, 2023, next year. Wow. So it must be going into production really soon then, right? You would think that. So now, since I originally grabbed this piece of news, reports are coming out now that the the main cast members haven't signed on and had no idea about this release. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) So my question to you, (laughs) does this sound like a contract strategy or a potential reboot? And I asked that, and I'm going to put that caveat in there that I'm not saying that Paramount is the worst studio but that doesn't seem like they have all the parts assembled and it seems like kind of a bad mood in my opinion, but go ahead. I
1: mean, who knows what's going on? I feel like reboot is always, always on the table. Mm-hmm. I had heard that the proposal for it was JJ Abrams return in a writing and producing capacity and the whole um, new cast, I guess, original cast from the new movies is supposed to return and they're eyeing to get Hemsworth back as Kirk's mm-hmm. dad. And it's going to be a time travel picture um so if no one signed on sounds like that's not happening and that's um that's a bummer because i watched one of those and i liked it and i watched the other one and it was okay (laughs) and then the third one i've been meaning to watch and it's only been
0: seven years so i'll I'll get to it i remember actually when that one came out because i feel like i texted you after to say like hey you need to go watch it i liked it it was pretty good (laughs) and you probably just blew it off but uh i definitely did yeah and this was back when we lived in in the same town, but uh,
1: funny non sequitur. Uh, I I was talking to, I was talking to a client the other day and they were mentioning something is like the Goonies. I went, huh, interesting being (laughs) suspiciously quiet to which the client said, Oh, Hey, I lent you my DVD of the Goonies about five (laughs) years ago. Did you ever watch it? And I said, I sure didn't. They said, do you know where it is? I said, I sure do. And the (laughs) person said, well, just keep it till you watch it. And I said, well, then I'm never giving it back because I'm never fucking watching it. So (laughs) That's how I feel about recommendations.
0: So aggressive
1: about the Goonies.
0: Yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) What's next, bud? Well, another announcement uh, from the Paramount Investor Day was that John Krasinski announces A Quiet Place 3 is in the works. Two questions for you now. First one, did you see any of these and did you like them at all? First, I want to say I absolutely
1: hated them. I despised them. I don't like them at all. Second, I want to say I didn't see them. Okay. No, I didn't see a moment of them. I heard they were good. I heard they were tense. Um, uh, that's it. I, I have no idea. I've never seen the films. And I, I like horror movies. And mm-hmm. But again, I missed the first one. And everyone said, mm-hmm. oh, you got to see
0: it. To which I said, no, I don't. And now I won't. And here we are. If you listen to the podcast and you're friends with Ron, you know you have to do some type of mind trick on him to watch mm-hmm. something. You have mm-hmm. to invite him over. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe f- have food involved. Mm-hmm. Um he does like Mexican, so maybe if you do some type of Mexican dish, we just then call, then call it put food. the movie on. Tyler where I'm from, we just call it food. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> interesting story on that line of of reasoning. Uh, I really like the Mission Impossible movies, always have, but it took Tyler making me dinner and <laughs> and making uh, buying the movies on on Apple TV to get me to watch the latest ones with them. And I was like, ah, I'll get to them eventually. And it was a good time. And through that, it actually leveraged us into going to see Fallout when yeah. the day it came out. So it was worth it in the end. Well, back to our question now. And the real Mission Impossible,
0: I like to think are the friends we made along the way. So what, what's next now? <laughs> well, talking about A Quiet Place, uh-huh. if they're on the Paramount Plus app. If you're listening and you want to check them out, I highly recommend them. They're actually pretty good. It's something different. That's what the, that's what I give them credit for. It's something different and it's suspenseful, and it's something that, yeah, it, it's free. So why not watch it? Second question for you, Ronald, here. Uh-huh. Could this signal Krasinski is not in the lead for any Marvel roles? Uh, yeah i think so i i
1: feel Mm. like the fans were talking about it too much he's too obvious that's one of the things i've always given marvel credit for uh, with a few exceptions not that it was ever bad casting but they don't go with like the most obvious casting they don't go with the actor who necessarily like looks exactly like a drawing Mm. they go with somebody who's going to bring a really good performance like jonathan major's coming in as krang the conqueror krang the conqueror is a blue alien but for them to bring in an actor with as much gravitas and as much skill as Jonathan Majors, who's going to play not only Krang, but a bunch of his variants. They're like, mm-hmm. OK, we brought in a guy who can do a thousand different versions of this yeah. and he's not a blue alien. Like they didn't mm-hmm. even bother to CGI him into something else. Like, no, let his performance be what it is. And I think that's the thing with Krasinski. Like people have talked about it so much online now, mm-hmm. so much fan art. And I don't I've only ever seen him really in The Office and in The Holiday, starring Alec Baldwin and Meryl Streep and Steve Martin. So I can't speak to his range, but I just don't think that's the the direction they're going to go. Ah, oh, f- I really fucked that up. Editor's note, guys, I know Krang is not an alien. Um, I just said it because it sounded good. And the movie's called It's Complicated. It's not The Holiday. I really, I really fucked that all up. Okay, back to the show. And if mm. I were Marvel and I were bringing in somebody like Reed Richards who in the comic books is a major part of the universe uh, kind of at the center of a lot of the really big, big stuff, I wouldn't bring in a guy you know, who's already really well known, who's already in his mid to late 40s, maybe bring in someone in their early 30s, somebody mm-hmm. who's a kind of a blank slate for the audience to go, well, that's Reed Richards. And then you could have this guy start his contract for less money, keep him around for hmm. 15 to 20 years until you kill off his character and move on to the next arc. I feel like that for Marvel, that seems like more the route they would go.
0: Mm-hmm. That's pretty interesting there. I, the one piece that I'll throw in there was with Adam Warlock. I mm-hmm. didn't see that casting coming, and I can't think of the actor's name. Will and Poulter. There you go. Yeah. I, you've seen him in comedy so far. I guess one of the movies you've, mm-hmm. he was in. The, what is that? Um, we Are the Millers. That would, But the other one, the more, um, one's based off a book. What was that? Uh,
1: Hunger Games. Uh, no. Maze Runner. Uh, there you go. <laughs> twilight he 50 shades of gray the bible i'm
0: just naming books the surprising part of it for me was that i didn't see that casting coming but i think and have you seen him now that he's all fit guy's hot yeah yeah he got hot (laughs) you you gotta trust the people casting him and james gunn does not mess around with who he casts and rolls he'll 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 cast somebody
1: straight out of in left field and mm-hmm. it'll be like, oh, my God, I cannot possibly see this
0: as a different person. Yeah. Only s- small amount of people were butthurt that it wasn't. Um, yeah. Zach Efron. There you go. <laughs> you got the names for me today.
1: Yeah, I do, man. I'm on point. Uh, <laughs> me and Jackowack got your back since I'm sipping a little bit of bung energy.
0: <laughs> well, uh, next piece of notes for you, and it's an easy one. So uh, are you, you going to read it from the notes? Uh
1: am. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: Netflix released a poster for or, Umbrella Academy season sorry, for, three. For what? <laughs> I'm not going to read the note you put in there, but <laughs> now that, rated
1: today. We're R-rated.
0: <laughs> now we've talked about the Umbrella Academy. I'm a fan of the show a fan of the series. And we've talked about Dark Horse Properties. Uh, Easy question for you, Ronald. Are you yeah. actually going to watch or catch up in the series? No. There we go.
1: I really like season one and I- got like 35 minutes in the first episode of season two and i got interrupted and at this point i just got other stuff to do unfortunately you Here's know i feel like i feel the same way about punisher season two i really love season one i was liking season two i got interrupted and I just you know stuff happens sometimes you don't get around to stuff you like and the marvel stuff is all coming off of netflix probably for mm-hmm. a year or two so i missed my opportunity on that one
0: Kind of funny with the Punisher one. I actually had a piece of Punisher news for the week, but I took it out because I didn't oh, think it was relevant. My God. Now, now uh, we're just going to move on to the next piece. <laughs> Sounds good. <What's> next? <laughs> a third Sonic movie has been greenlit mm. and potential Knuckles spinoff series with Paramount Plus. So with these movies, I didn't see any of them coming. I honestly, I didn't see <laughs> another a second movie being made, spinoff series, any of that kind of stuff. Have oh. you been following any of these? I have. I really
1: liked number one. It was surprisingly good. I thought it was as a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. Amazing. As an adult movie of an adult movie, <laughs> as a, um, <laughs> a movie that was based off a video game for grown ups, it was still good. Like it was a solid movie. I, as you know, I love Jim Carrey. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was really solid. And I think it, it came out in like February or January of 2020. So for like 12 months, it was the biggest movie in the world because it was the only <laughs> movie that had like a full run and it was mm-hmm. fun. So I, I think it makes sense. I think the returns on this movie are good because their budget's not crazy high
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, even though obviously it's super CGI heavy but I think they're just uh, they found a nice wheelhouse and anybody I know with kids who's seen it said oh that my kid loves it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know it, it it's not as soulless as some of the other kids stuff that you know they've gotten 18 spin-offs about the sidekicks and all this kind of crap it's like oh this is stuff people have liked for a long time we're doing it with some care they even fixed the the sonic model when everybody hated mm-hmm. it so yeah, I think it's uh, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I'm actually surprised that I haven't watched this one yet because I did play Sonic growing up, had Masega, yeah. all that kind of good stuff. But I just, I, I don't have an answer. I guess just like how Ronald <laughs> doesn't have an answer why he didn't finish The Punisher yeah. or Umbrella Academy. I just don't have an answer because it's free. Yeah. On, I think it's on Paramount <laughs> Plus and it's on Hulu. Yeah, and I think that
1: one of the things we listed, Sonic is definitely a put-on-while-you-work movie,
0: so you might want to check it out later this week if you're bored yeah Ronald doesn't know me knows that I just put stuff on while I work it and I don't really watch it so maybe we'll see <laughs> next one here right before the finale was on with HBO Max Peacemaker 2 season 2 was announced a lot of Twitter buzz Twitter world going crazy with it of course mm-hmm. there was some drama with the characters on who was taken out who was supposed to be in it and all the stuff about then once the finale had come out uh, the lines that were in it and mm-hmm. oh that's too wouldn't say that hey people don't make those jokes Spoiler alert oh sorry about that but anyways you should have seen it by now with james gunn ability to make something out it's of okay nothing. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bleep that out <laughs> well going back to it james gunn his ability to make something out of nothing very evident in my opinion that show was a knockout um one of the best of these premium series that we've seen these days with comic book characters from what i've seen gunn is that come He's going to go do Guardians 3, then he's going to come back to work on different DC properties. Do you think there's something bigger in the works with him at DC? I
1: think there might be, mm-hmm. but the thing that has worked best for Guardians, Suicide Squad, and Peacemaker in James Gunn's favor, and that allows him to be James Gunn, is that they give he works with characters that nobody gives a f- about, you know? And it's that freedom of people not necessarily having huge investments in the backstory of the character or mm-hmm. them having a huge, like, I don't know, like a cornerstone of the universe. Like if guardians was really weird and people hated it, they mm-hmm. were literally in a different galaxy. Like they didn't have to ever show up. I remember that was spoken of when the movie came Like, yeah, mm. we don't know if they're going to ever meet the Avengers. Remember that? I don't, but that's yeah. a good point. They mentioned that. And then like, same thing with suicide squad. If It bombed everybody hated it. It was like, yeah, well, this was a secret mission. It doesn't affect the rest of the universe. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
1: And then for the most part, same thing with Peacemaker. It's covert stuff. So I feel like shunting James Gunn into something that's really big and high profile might kind of stifle his ability to be himself. Mm. Uh, But one thing I did want to hint on, I was kind of irritated. I think we talked about this last episode where people will come out and be like, Oh, you know, my character does this, but just check it out and like give away stuff about the series. Mm -hmm. i'm always irritated when the studios will do shit like that like Mm -hmm. say the day before suicide squad comes out they announce that there's a peacemaker show and it's almost done so you're like okay well i guess we know one of the characters probably doesn't die then right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then for them to say oh there's a peacemaker two greenlit a week before the finale you're like okay well Before that, this could have been a limited series. Maybe he died at the end. And now you know, okay, well, he probably didn't because they didn't Mm -hmm. do a prequel with the series the first time. They're definitely not going to do a prequel the second time. So I wish they would just like wait till the week after the finale. Mm. So there's some mystery because they never announced if if Peacemaker is going to be an ongoing series. I mean, it looks expensive. It's very well made. It doesn't Mm -hmm. seem like the kind of show you make 15 series
0: of. Mm -hmm. So that bothers me. Please stop doing that, guys. I thought it was kind of one small note for it with Peacemaker. That's positive and not so negative as Ronald put her out there, but uh, With Peacemaker, I actually saw one of the directors with it was Jody Hill and mm. at the moment uh, He's also working on the gemstones. So to see that kind of crossover right. I don't know right. if there's any type of correlation with it mm. But uh, to see someone like him coming from the comedy world coming over to Peacemaker And being able to direct a show and it was not a bad episode mm. uh, it's pretty cool that way, but uh, small inside to it and with Gun and with what Ronald said, I do agree that the mystery after, like, you're like, oh, is there going to be another season? Like, I'm going to use the Umbrella Academy as an example. Like, there's that period where you're like, okay, are they going to make another series? When is it going to come out? That mystery, you're like, okay, yeah. I, like, I really want one. I really want one. <laughs> and, of course, you get all invested in it mm-hmm. And when they say, yeah. Next season's coming out. You get all excited for it. But when they do say it before, you're like, okay, you start to make your guesses in your head that exactly. this character is not going to die. And the mystery is kind of not there. But I will say, and with the finale of it, I know that I already ruined it for if for one person that might be listening. okay. I bleeped and, it out. Yeah. <laughs> that there is some cool stuff that they worked into it that mm-hmm. I would was not expecting. That's the most I'm going to say with it. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Maybe uh, next week or something, we'll do a full review and we can talk about all that stuff. But until we do the full review, it's kind of a dick move to spoil it. What do you think, listeners?
0: <laughs> well, we're going to move on. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> My that? last piece of <laughs> news here that is actually one that, oh man, I had a tough time typing it. I had mm-hmm. a tough time typing it. I'm sure you did. Because it's one that I just loved to make fun of. But um, Uncharted is currently rocking at the the box office right now and the critics score is not good but the uh, audience score is doing pretty good but at the same time the studio president comes out and says that this might be their new franchise movie yeah interesting point there ronald do you think this is a case of this movie there's a lot of fans of the actors associated with it so like any chance that they're kind of writing off of some of tom tom holland's recent success Or am I just being an ass and not giving credit to the movie?
1: Well, one, yes, you're being an ass, but that's usually how I like to start all my sentences. (laughs) Two, I think it's exactly what we talked about when we were positing like the hits and misses for this that Tom Holland Mm -hmm. has the biggest movie in the world since Endgame, right? Like Endgame was 2019. So for the past three years, the biggest movie that's come out starred Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. And so his name is super hot. Also, he was in Endgame. So like the Pat, like for the past decade, the biggest movies that have come out, this guy has been a part of for the most part. So his name super hot. It is a beloved video game franchise. And we talked about this last week. The adventure movie is in right now. People, mm. the world is fucked up. Okay, there's so much fucked
0: up shit and I can't
1: show a couple of blue butts on TV. I don't know, man. I don't know. But yeah, the world's all jacked up. So everybody wants an escape. And adventure movies allow you to do that. You get to see the world in through the character's eyes. You have a little romp. You know, the stakes aren't going to get too high. And I think people are looking for an escape and they are looking for a name they know. And for the same reason that Red Notice broke streaming records, this is uh, doing Buku Bucks.
0: Interesting take on it. I can agree with it because it's a very well-balanced one, I'll say. Thank you. But um, other than that, that's all the news I got for you, Ronald. All right. Well,
1: I ain't got no fucking news, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: going to have to, I going got to make me work so much harder to bleep all these out. Yes, it is. Well, trailers. Uh-huh. Going to the trailers, and with this episode, I actually have some trailers. But that's probably because since we last recorded, the Super Bowl happened, and mm. Super Bowl is a typical time for big movies to come out with trailers. Ronald, do you have any? I don't. Well, I'll guess. I'll talk about the ones that I have. Then. There we go, big guy. <laughs> One of the ones that I saw last last week it was was the contractor. What's that? That's- Chris Pine, Ben Foster—they're uh, basically discharged army guys, and then they go on some type of hired run, some type of mission, and then it turns out the organization they're working with might be evil. Whoa! And the whole time I'm watching it, and probably anybody that watched it as well for seeing the same thing. I feel like I've seen this, I feel like I've seen it somewhere, and that it's nothing new. But
1: hey, hey, you ever see that ahead. movie Alpha Dog with Ben Foster in it? It was him and Justin Timberlake and the late great Anton Yelchin.
0: I have seen it.
1: It's a good movie. You know what's weird? That part at the end where um, Ben Foster comes in the party and does karate and like beats up a bunch of people and like he kicks a girl in the head. I was <laughs> so, anyway. What's our next trailer? <laughs> okay.
0: Uh, Jurassic Park came out yeah. with a trailer. I didn't really watch it. I more just looked at the CGI of it. And it looks pretty darn good.
1: Looks good, dude. Uh, how good does Goldblum look? They took his beard
0: off from the last one, and he's looking young. He's looking fit, man. Very tall. Yeah. yeah. I think there's a lot of uh they're going for the greatest hits with this yeah. one trying to bring people in I feel like a lot of the audience was pretty mad when it turned out that uh i don't I don't think I can pronounce his last name the director treffero um uh, Colin Trevorrow? there you go that he was coming back for the third. I think there were a lot of fans that liked the second director the more um it was't really horror in my opinion, but they liked that director Dude, I didn't like that one I didn't think it was that good either, but i I know a lot of fans were mad. That he wasn't coming back for the third. So, huh. anyways.
1: Well, anywho, what else
0: we got? Last trailer was the Elvis trailer that released this week. And it was interesting. I don't like the director and those was types of movies. Uh, it was Baz Lerman? Oh. Could care less, honestly, about the type of movies he makes. So, kind of sucks, but not going to watch it probably. <laughs> yeah, I me mean, neither. I wonder if they're going
1: to be. Kind of more transparent about his backstory <laughs> and about how um he maybe uh, groomed a 14 year old and then married her and I, st- stole I, all his music I, from you know black people I, or whatever
0: i was about to say one of the comments on the on twitter was like is it here's an adult, is this movie going into how much how he stole people's music <laughs> which i thought was pretty funny but uh <laughs> that's just me
1: yeah okay well i ain't got no trailers So what else we got going on, big dog? Just
0: for Ron, we have our sketch for the week. I love sketches. (laughs) With this sketch, it's mostly um, a time with right now Academy Awards and their nominations are are out. We're looking at them, but it's kind of uh, us being the movie buffs and... We haven't really seen <laughs> them. We're just going to make our own sketch out of this. Let's do it. And with that one, what we're going to do is round one. What Ronald and I are going to do is just go through the current 2021 nomination, or sorry, 2022 nominations for best picture. And we're just going to say if we watched them or if we didn't. And so it's going to be pretty quick, pretty quick round one, and we'll give our opinion on it. So okay, ready, set, go. go. Belfast. Nope. Coda. Nope. Don't look up. Nope. Drive My Car. Nope. Dune. Yep. King Richard. Nope. Licorice Pizza. Nightmare Alley. Unfortunately. (laughs) The Power of a Dog. Nope. West Side Story. Nope. There we go. That was pretty fast there. That was (laughs) good. My tongue burns from how fast that was. (laughs) We'll just quickly hit on Dune because we did do an episode about it. So Mm -hmm. definitely let listen to that episode we'll put a link in the description for it to make sure that you can hear both of our opinions on the movie we both were big fans of it and that's probably my vote for best picture but with this being the academy awards it's most likely going to go to something like licorice pizza or hope not uh, coda or something that nobody has even seen so that's <laughs> my opinion on that um ronald you want to give a quick opinion on nightmare alley even though we did talk about it uh to- But uh, what did you think about it? I thought that it was well
1: made. Um, One of the things I've always found a little quarrelsome, uh, and I'm, I'm probably in the minority about this, but I've always found a little quarrelsome about Guillermo del Toro's movies is that they never feel like they've taken place at anywhere like even in <laughs> um no like, uh, it's I, I wonderful saying. it's yeah. wonderful set design but it always uh-huh. feels like set design like even in hellboy where they're in like they're in like these separate dimensions that are covered in monsters everything looks so meticulously placed it looks like they're in line at a disney ride and mm-hmm. disney rides have wonderful production and they have wonderful production but it always feels like this sense of artifice about it and i know it's it's part of his aesthetic it kind of um as a throwback to like 1940s, 50s, 30s uh, monster films where everything was on very obvious sets. But to me, it always kind of removes me from the drama of it. Uh, the other thing is the pacing of this movie just for me wasn't great. Uh, I think we discussed this first hour of the movie could have been done as a one flashback or as I don't love people just giving exposition, but could have done as a couple lines of exposition. Um, but instead, it's a full hour of him learning his mentalism trick. And I just said the pacing was just so, I don't know, just wasn't for me. So I Mm -hmm. actually ended up not finishing the movie. But that being said, it kind of led me to that opinion we talked about where it was nice that it was more uh, accessible. You know, I was able to check it out and have an opinion on one of these movies. Whereas before, you know, if you had to go buy a ticket, say like the year the artist was out. I don't know anybody who saw that movie because (laughs) nobody knew anything about it. And I'm not going to go spend $20 And what amounts Mm -hmm. to probably, you know, even if it's a two-hour movie, that's four hours of your life because you got to leave. You got to get there early. You got to sit through the credits. You probably have dinner. You know, ends up being a whole day you give up to see a movie that you don't know anything about that might
0: suck. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's nice to have the accessibility. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that little breakdown and little tangent as well. Make sure that you (laughs) check out, I believe it was episode 10 of the podcast. I believe that's when you talked about Netmarily. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, we will put that one in the description too to listen to listen to the full episode Also hear a little bit of ronald talk about nightmare alley, but round two now We're gonna do something that I kind of made up on the fly here uh, To give us a better idea for what we're doing for round three. So round two We're gonna go through the past 11 years Ooh. Of best picture winners and then from that i'll be able to know how we can rank them. So Ronald quickly now quick answers. Okay The king speech nope. the artist Nope argo no 12 year slave no birdman yes spotlight no moonlight no the shape of water no good the green book no parasite yes Madland. no okay so <laughs> well, for round three what we're actually going to do is we're going to give our top three of the past we're going to rank our top three from the past 11 years. And I know Ronald only had two, so (laughs) he's not going to have three. Classic Um, Tammy. (laughs) Ronald. Yeah. With the two that you saw, which, how would you rank them? Oh man, it's tough because they're so
1: wildly different in films. Mm -hmm. Birdman. I really loved as you know, a huge Mm -hmm. bat fan. So to see, that was kind of the start (laughs) of the Keaton Renaissance that led to kind of where he is now, uh, where he's back in everything. People love him. They remember he's a movie star for a reason and parasite i thought was uh, like a surprise to it was kind of marketed more as like a thriller where it's funny in a lot of parts of it it was a great movie and i think it did an excellent job of of kind of breaking down that barrier that people had to like oh i don't want to see a foreign film because of mm-hmm. subtitles or if the themes won't resonate with me and people saw like oh yeah there's a lot of things that are just universal
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if there's if the barrier to this universal story is 1 inches of uh, of text, then maybe you don't want
0: to experience things. Maybe you're making an excuse. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to say. Okay. Okay. Well, for my rankings on this one, I'm going to give a little side note to it because the first one on there, and I made sure to include this on there so I could say this, is the King's Speech. In, in the, the year that King's Speech won, Inception was up for best picture. Mm-hmm. And Ah, uh, if you know my taste in movies, you know that I am a Nolanite and the fact that the King's Speech won over Inception. In my opinion, Inception is one of the best movies I've seen. Mm. I wa- I learn something new about the movie each time, <laughs> time I see it. And King I get Speech, it because time. You said time. <laughs> King's Speech. How many people actually saw it? So I'm gonna yeah. say that about it, but yeah. my top three. And with this one, oof. I'm not putting Nomadland in it, because I thought it was one of the most boring movies I've ever seen. Um, number three, Green Book. And that one comes with the side note that, was it really a best picture movie? I mean, it was good, but I remember like when I saw that they won, I was like, uh, it was even nominated? It wasn't even... It's got a good message, which I think is why they won, but... I mean, come on now. Uh, number two, I'm going to give to Spotlight. I like the <laughs> the direction of it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, was Michael Keaton in that one too? Yeah, he was. Damn it, man. He's on a run. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was entertaining. And for a best picture, entertaining is good, in my opinion. Um, the one that's right after it was Moonlight, which was another one of those where I just don't know how. It won, but uh, that's just me. And then number one for my top three of the last 11 years is Argo. It was suspenseful, it was entertaining. Uh, Mr. Ben Affleck was in it, but uh, I feel like that was one of those surprising wins too. I don't, I'm sure a lot of people that were watching wouldn't have thought that Argo was in a win, but uh, that's my top three of the past 11 years with the best picture. Winners. Nice. And you know what?
1: Anybody who says that uh, biopics aren't Oscar bait is absolutely full of shit because five of those 11
0: are about real people. (laughs) All right. What's next? Well, as we continue in the podcast, we're going to make sure we do our plugs of the day. Last week, we released a new back day where Ronald went over Netflix's Inside of Bo Burnham and his journey over quarantine time. So make sure you check that out. It's a pretty quick episode. I think it's less than 15 minutes. Ronald, correct me if I'm wrong on that. Yeah, it's uh, around that. Check it out. We're going to have a link for that in the description. That is our second episode of Back Day, which is none of the sketches, none of the news, just right into the the meaty, beefy stuff, that main set so you're not warming up. You're just going right into chest or squats or deadlifts. And probably pulling a muscle. Yeah,
1: exactly. This is the kind of this is the kind of podcast episode where we think we get a little dangerous,
0: very <laughs> dangerous. And these first two episodes of Back Day have been just Ronald, so Ronald screaming into the microphone, yep. him just saying the most random stuff ever. If, if you basically
1: had- basically if you want more killer, less filler, <laughs>
0: check out Back Day. All right, Tyler, let's move on to our uh, main set, dude. What we got? Main set for this weekend with. Main set today, and this is actually what I like about this one, is we have a movie that's on Amazon Prime. It's accessible if you have Amazon Prime, that if you're home, you're on the weekend, you want to not Netflix and chill. If you want Amazon Prime and chill, check out I Want You Back. Ronald, can you jump into some of the details of this? So, I Want You Back is a film starring...
1: Jenny Slate and Charlie Day, who we all know and love from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the <laughs> longest-running live-action sitcom in television history. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's directed by Jason Orley, who uh, apparently has been an assistant and writer in Hollywood for the last 10 years, so I'm guessing this is a uh, debut picture. It's it's kind of a throwback to um, you know the romantic comedies that were really prevalent in the 90s and mm-hmm. early 2000s, and kind of like what we spoke about with adventure movies and, and Jack Reacher, It's not embarrassed of that. You know, it just is a Mm. straight up rom-com. It doesn't reinvent the wheel, Mm -hmm. uh, but it gives you a nice, fun story. Uh, And the premise is that two newly dumped individuals, uh, Peter and Emma, played by Day and Slate, they meet up while crying in the the stairwell of their shared (laughs) office building. And they decide Mm -hmm. to go out for a drink to bond about their pain and end up deciding that, hey, we're going to help each other get our exes back. And mm-hmm. both of them were dumped for another person. So they go about trying to break up these new relationships and get each other, their exes back.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Before I give my non-spoiler, mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure I give my shout out to my fellow Pinoy brother, Manny Jacinto. <laughs> Not many times you see a Filipino in any Hollywood movie. so <laughs> and the we fact gotta that- s-
1: I got to say, dude, his hair was <laughs> mwah, phenomenal. <laughs> and then in the spoiler alert scene where they're about to do a three-way, the guy's got a rig on him. He's so skinny, and you didn't think he had that kind of rig underneath those jeans. Uh, but you know, he was pecked out. His abs were popping. He even yeah. had some good quads on him. So, shout out to Manny Jacinto. You look good, my friend.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I only know two Filipinos that are famous. So the fact that he's one of them now, awesome. Digging it. Well, uh, my friend Jordan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: in my defense, my first thought was always Manny Pacquiao
0: yeah i i I guess but uh he's like literally the king of the philippines but
1: yeah uh, that's why why he comes up first in my mind sorry sorry jordan
0: (laughs) with our non-spoiler my non-spoiler i'm not gonna lie with this one that i was actually a little worried with watching (laughs) the trailer that it being an amazon prime movie uh, the track record just is not the best in my opinion some of the movies they've put out, I just feel like they miss something. They miss a piece that you're just like, that movie just needed like maybe like two more months of editing mm. or maybe some reshoots just to round it out. But I was actually surprised. And that's why I wanted to make sure I said that it's available on Amazon prime because mm. you don't have to go pay money for it. If you have Amazon prime, which a lot of people do these days, you could just go watch it. And it's something fun to watch. It's yeah, I think it does. Is it R-rated? I didn't check that in making this, uh, this podcast it's episode. Just
1: like this podcast episode, it's R-rated. There's a lot of Fs and Jeffs in yeah, there. It has to be, yeah. yeah.
0: But uh, uh, Don't with, worry,
1: guys. There's no nips or tips. A little bit of hips, but no nips and tips. Uh, but and there are a lot of Fs and Jeffs.
0: I'm not going to give away the ending with it, but in your thought process when you watch the trailer, you're probably thinking the same thing aren't charlie day and jenny slate just going to end up together <laughs> and you'll have to tune in to the movie to see yeah
1: um so i guess do you want me to go spoiler there's no reason there's spoilers it's a rom-com have fun with it um a couple of notes i did take three big notes okay okay so uh, there's a point in the movie where jenny slate is working to try to get uh, Manny Jacinto and gina rodriguez who plays charlie day's ex to break up so mm-hmm. she's at this children's uh, play rehearsal because they're both teachers at a school and they're doing a rehearsal and she's trying to break them up and she gets a butt dial from her ex Scott Eastwood who's out at the club with Charlie who's trying to get Scott Eastwood and his girlfriend to break up now mm-hmm. Charlie and Scott Eastwood are at this club right they're getting bottle service they're like deep into the night right mm-hmm. while Jenny Slate and the rest of the cast are at a children's play rehearsal why the yeah. fuck are they at the club that early I didn't or, put those or why those the together are they yet. at the rehearsal that late that's a good one I didn't even think about that <laughs> it bugged me so bad <laughs> and then the thing the other big note that bothered me I like this movie by the way I liked it a lot <laughs> but the next thing that bothered me a bunch is it was as the movie was going on immediately following that they go back to these girls house for a nightcap and then all of a sudden like fucking jaws out of the ocean Pete Davidson shows up oh. and I was like oh my god you cannot like, get sucks. away from this fucking guy <laughs> I literally, I was watching it uh, at my parents' house with my parents, actually. And I went, oh, no. My mom's like, oh, no, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, and I'll, Pete Davidson's here.
0: <laughs> Side note here, shout out to Ryan from The O.C. for popping in that scene as well. Right?
1: It was good to see him. Hell yeah,
0: making those random appearances. <laughs> oh, And then
1: uh, another funny story regarding the film it has nothing to do with the movie but both my wife and my dad and their respective seats knocked out within moments of the movie starting <laughs> and then the the best part were their respective reactions we you know we all after that we, everybody fell asleep for the night we went to our rooms and the next day my dad went huh the movie was good i was like you don't know that the <laughs> guy like, liked it i was like you liked it because you slept and then my wife went hey tell me what happened to that movie I was like, what do you mean? She's like, after I fell asleep. I was like, you fell asleep during the opening credits. She's like, yeah. So tell me what happened. So, of course, <laughs> being the great husband I am, I told her every moment of the movie. Uh, but I just thought those reactions were funny. So I do recommend watching it. I think it's a fun time. As Tyler said, it's very accessible. Uh, it's one of those movies that you can just put on. Enjoy. Not have to think too much. Don't think about the timing about the club, okay? <laughs> <laughs> And just enjoy the movie, have fun. Charlie Day always delivers. He's hilarious. Scott Eastwood gives a really good performance in this, too, which it's surprising. I, I've never seen him really do comedy before. I thought he did a great job. He was actually playing Tyler and myself.
0: Yeah, I was about to say that. That was one of my <laughs> notes right here. Was Scott Eastwood given a given a good uh, performance as a personal trainer. Yeah. Uh, other than gives Charlie Day's swat- love, <laughs> even though Charlie Day was squatting 115 with a pat on his back. Major L for that scene. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put that out there. Hey, as you know,
1: sometimes the client insists on the pad, and sometimes you just you gotta let him go with it, man. Whatever gets him through the
0: day. Whenever that does happen, um, my face is just utter disgust when they ask for the pad. Well, just yeah, you got you gotta, disgust. You got to walk away and act like you
1: don't know who that is. But <laughs> so, like, you want the pad to save your neck? But who's gonna save your spine? Because I'm not spotting you, bro. Get out of
0: here. <laughs> there was a scene in here that got me thinking about something that I think you and I've actually talked about and this is less movie related, more fitness related. So I guess this could be part of that. Mm-hmm. So when Charlie and Scott they're running, they're gonna go get some pie. So they're exercising and they're trying to get run under I forgot what it is, like under like seven minute miles, something like that. Uh-huh. And they run like an additional three miles. And so they're hanging out at this pie shop. And I'm not gonna get too much into that whole scene of it. <laughs> okay. But it got me thinking Ronald because actually I have hung out with you when you have hung out with your clients. What is your policy on hanging out with clients outside the gym?
1: Now I actually started uh, my career personal training while I was in college. I think you did as well. So at the time when I was training, you know, either alumni or faculty or even other, other, sorry, other students, I had a rule that I'm not your friend. I'm your Mm -hmm. trainer because of, you know, the age difference I was 20. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that there was a, a boundary there, but now as a you know, twenty-five year old or some other age, I don't really care uh, as far hmm. as long as you know there's a relationship already there. So a lot of my clients I've had for years. So we chill. Um, me and a couple of my guys, shout out to the boys, they know who they are. We got more uh, man marg Friday every once in a while. We'll go get some margaritas after the gym, and it's just a couple of bros, a couple of margs, <laughs> and not a pair of sleeves in sight.
0: Interesting. Okay. How Brilliant. about you? Well, I don't train people anymore, so <laughs> what I don't need rule? a I don't need a policy <laughs> <laughs> anymore. Um, but I think the only exceptions I've made in the past ugh, have been when maybe I went I trained somebody that I knew from like high school or from school. Because mm-hmm. it has been a it's come up a couple of times where it was somebody from like high school, so like hanging out after or in college it was um, you know somebody in the same circle, something like that. But yeah. uh, really. I, I I have to go back on that. There was one other point <laughs> where I would meet up with a client of mine Ooh. that he would he would do like these like football with with his friend. He, they always needed one extra person, mm-hmm. so it'd be me and like these like forty year old men go, playing so like flag football. You lied so was, this whole time. Yeah, I'm lying, but it was it was it was worth it.
1: <laughs> and you know what? In my defense, too. I mean, I can't really help it. I mean, you know me, Tyler. I'm goddamn delightful. People just want to be around, Not and. True people want to have a good time they want to hear me talk they want to hear me talk they want to hear me say stuff that maybe sometimes makes them go what the fuck and speaking (laughs) of what the fuck man let's move on to this week's what the fuck moment
0: of the week wtf moment of the week is just you're going through your day you're going through your week and you just see something you're like wtf Why is that happening? (laughs) And sometimes it's with movies. Sometimes it's with shows. We try to keep it a part of one of those things with this being a movie podcast. But this week it's Ron. And I'm not going to read Ron's note in this. But Ron, (laughs) what is your WTF moment? (laughs) So this WTF moment uh, actually relates
1: directly to what I'm watching. Now, Tyler, Mm -hmm. have you gotten a chance to watch Pam and Tommy
0: on uh, Hulu yet? Mm, No, because we were in a... We finished watching Reacher first. Okay. Well, we'll talk about that off the podcast
1: or maybe later. But anyway, so Pam and Tommy, which, as I've mentioned before, uh, covers the whole sex tape scandal between Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee and how that came about, the theft of their private safe and the release of this you know, intimate moment. But it also is a bit of a comedy show to kind of lighten. It's, it's heavy. you know. These people got stolen from and got their private stuff thrown all over the internet. It's messed up. But there's a moment in the second episode after Pam and Tommy meet and he pursues her and tries to woo her and they, he follows her to a vacation and then they end up getting together and he's like, I'm in love. So the next day after they, they get together for the first time, I'm going to set the scene, right? So the, the the camera pans around a room that's all destroyed, right? Cause rock star lifestyle. And then you hear Tommy talking to somebody saying, you know, she's the one man. She's the one I, I don't, I wasn't ready for this, but she's the one. I think I'm in love. And he hears someone else's voice go, you know, no, man. Like you can't be in love. Like we just got divorced. So we have to go like meet more chicks. Like this is bullshit. Like I want to be single. Like let's be single together. And he's like, no, man, she's the one. All right, so the camera pans into this big giant restroom and you see Sebastian Stan who plays Tommy Lee standing naked from the rear in front of a big mirror and you just hear these voices going back and forth and you're like what is going on who is he talking to then the camera pans around to the front and we see he's talking to what turns out to be now Tyler knows what the ending of the story is because of the note an animatronic penis and it's a full size Tommy Lee animatronic penis voiced by uh, Jason Mazukis from the league and lots of stuff and the penis has a little mouth on the end and it, it's facing up towards him talking about how we're not ready to settle down, Tommy. And Tommy says, "No, we're gonna." And that
0: made me go, "WTF?" There's there's moments in shows in life where you think, "Am I on drugs? Did I lit- Did the drink that I just have was it, it laced, laced with something? <laughs> did something just happen?" And that's what I'm. I feel like right now, listening to that story. But yeah, man, i like, didn't see that coming. I thought
1: maybe he was talking to his buddy, like you know maybe him and his buddy were both just like taking a dump in the back you know rock stars are weird yeah and then, nope he's talking to his wiener and it's animatronic and it had a
0: mouth on it <laughs> and i know what you're thinking no the penis head didn't have teeth okay i was gonna say i was actually thinking is this gonna be another one of those sex in the city comments because i don't know if i could take another one. <laughs> oh, that would have been awesome damn it i missed it i should have just <laughs> talked about sex it's over i should have talked about it again <laughs> all
1: right so Basically, I just gave away one of the two things I'm currently watching. The other is uh, Bel Air, the reboot of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Have you got a chance to check that out at all? Hmm, I have not. You know what? I got to say, it's kind of like what I, I mentioned with Sonic, that you know, if you're going to reboot or redo or, or just make an adaptation of something that people have loved for a long time, it's really important that you don't do it like a cash grab, but you give it at least some care and some love. And for this, I got to say, some is an understatement. This show is so good. It's mm. well acted from head to toe. It's beautifully shot. Obviously it takes place uh local to where I am here in Los Angeles, but it's beautifully shot. The music is phenomenal cuz you know, it takes place modern day so it's a lot of the the bangers we listen to now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a, a very mature like serious tone with it. Um not really a spoiler, but here's just a kind of a taste like You know, in the theme song, he says, I got in one little fight. My mom got scared. Well, the first 20 minutes of the episode shows Will being like this blue chip D1 basketball recruit who goes to a basketball game at the park in his neighborhood and gets into an altercation with some drug dealers who end up putting a hit out on him and his friend. Hmm. And he gets arrested for a gun charge. And his mom, in the middle of the night, ships him out to Bel Air uh, because this drug dealer is trying to murder him and his friend. So it's not like a fun little thing. You're like holy crap and so with that is the backdrop like the whole tone of the series changes but at the same time it's still lighthearted enough that it's a fun time The acting is phenomenal i do have one major criticism <sighs> the new uncle phil he's just not uncle phil you know mm-hmm. i don't know about mm-hmm. you but i love fresh prince of bel-air and james avery was just such a powerful actor and he's such a giant man. Like Will Smith is six foot two and James Avery towered over him. And he's just this big, larger than life man. So when he gave his life lessons or got mad at Will and, you know, you really felt it. And this new actor, is he's really good, but he's just not James Avery. And so that's, that's the only problem I have with the show. But I hmm. think you should check it out. It's on uh, Peacock.
0: Yeah, but I was looking up while you're talking about it. I was not an avid viewer of The Fresh Prince. Uh, And I didn't actually know that this came out.
1: Yeah. And the origin of this is actually pretty cool. The person listed as the show creator, I think, an executive producer, it's a couple of people that they just made a YouTube video a few years Mm -hmm. ago. They made a YouTube short, like pitching. What would Fresh Prince of Bel-Air be like now? You know, talking about more about race theory and about, you know, um, interactions with the police in the modern day and, you know, just talking about the same ideas, but in a more serious sense using 21st century like you know music and editing all stuff so they made this video kind of for themselves but kind of as a pitch will smith saw it bought the concept from them brought them on to help create and run this show and i always love stories like that it's just you know it's it's really inspiring to see somebody just take a chance on themselves and it work out and they make something genuinely good so Mm
0: -hmm. that's what i'm watching nice 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 with my usuals um Gemstones, Euphoria, and there's one story that I, I wanted to tell with <laughs> Euphoria that I kind of found interesting. That mm-hmm. doesn't r- ruin any because I know that Euphoria fans are very, uh they're very much into and invested in this this series. Luckily, this will
1: come out about seven days after the episode <laughs> you watched. So,
0: <laughs> with the the later episodes, Minka Kelly's in it just for little pieces of it, and I read some tweet about how. There was supposed to be a scene where Mika Kelly basically drops her dress down and it's maybe just her, she's nude in it, but I don't know if it show's full frontal. It's just a tweet about it, so you don't get much information about it, but supposedly she told the director that, uh, I'm just going to keep my clothes on for this scene, and they had to change the scene for it, and people were basically just blasting this director for, not everybody's going to take you their clothes off for you. And I guess there's actually other reports coming out about people that, getting in disputes with the director and him cutting them out of scenes, taking scenes away from them. And I mean, I've said this from the beginning with euphoria that for myself and my taste in shows and movies, it's just very borderline. Some Mm. of this stuff it's, it's borderline with, did you really need to do that? I mean, did you really need to do lighting like that? Or did you really need to break the wall like that? Stuff like that, the fourth wall, like, like, Do you need to always do that kind of stuff? Mm. And so it's borderline for me. I know that people love the show, some people. But uh, for me, it's just, it's something to watch. But uh, other than that, we finished Reacher. And I'm just going to tell one joke about it. And Mm. I know that not everybody likes my taste in shows and movies, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, for me, the acting is just kind of, it's suspect. It's a little suspect and my wife made a joke that she thinks that i don't like it because it's too similar to like a network crime show or like mm-hmm. a network show and it's probably right in my opinion it's, some of the actors in it are just not for me and i think you started watching it i watched it first man i loved it yeah you did you i good. thought yeah i thought it was just yeah. again a fun film i mean a fun
1: mm-hmm. show it's not i think the acting style matches the writing style perfectly
0: i'm to each their own i <laughs> Because that's really that
1: uh, I saw a tweet that said that, you know, Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart being Oscar nominees really shows you that the actor's only as good as the writing. Mm-hmm. And not to say that the writing on that show is bad at all by any means, but I'm just saying, you know, you have to perform to the tone and the timbre of the, the writing you're given. And I think the performances match, but I wanted to kind of um, touch on what you talked about Euphoria, And that's really kind of upsetting to hear, you know, it's, it's kind of sad when people do that when you know, they try to leverage people into nudity or any kind of thing they're uncomfortable with. Because, like we talked about, for a lot of people, this is their end game, biggest dream of their life is to be an actor
0: mm-hmm. and be on
1: something successful. So, it's really upsetting and unfortunate when you hear people kind of taking advantage of that, uh, not desperation, but you know, people really want to be there. And it's in in that case, you know, the person with the power tends to have a lot of the power because it could be life changing to be a part of something like that. So I hope that uh, people aren't being taken advantage of because that would be uh, super unfortunate. That's all I got to say about
0: that. Yeah. Well, to kind of segue on to shows in the future, uh, because at this period right now, not watching as many as usual, uh, I think it's kind of that waiting period where we're waiting for new content to come out that I know that we'll be talking about on this podcasts like obi-wan moon knight so in that interesting period where we're just waiting for some good stuff to come you agree yeah
1: i feel like but there's a good lull because there's we need time to catch up (laughs) and there's a lot of movies out that we gotta go see uh in the coming weeks i'm gonna try to get a chance to see death on the nile Uh, i really want to check out jackass just because it looks dumb and fun (laughs) uh and i want to see uncharted (laughs) so I can review it to Tyler.
0: (laughs) And I will not listen to that. But um, as we segue now to our post-workout takeaways and cool it down just a a bit further for ourselves and for our listeners, and (laughs) for this one, while Ron takes a big exhale right there, it's a good reminder for our listeners to make sure that you you fuel your body, fuel the body, make sure that you're getting enough energy, The way that you got to think about it is that the food you eat is going to make sure that you get quality workouts. If you can't fuel your body, the workout's not going to be as long. It's going to be most likely poor. And you're just going to be looking at yourself like, oh, but I need to starve myself in order to reach this goal, or I want to look a certain way. And I'm going to tell you right now that that does not equal long term success. So try it. Try fueling your body, making small adjustments, and The way that I do it right now for myself is and this is kind of why this post-workout takeaway is here is that With breakfast, I realized that I wasn't getting enough Fuel in my body to work out during the late morning because my breakfast was too small So what I did was on the days that I lift heavier In during my workout, I just give myself a little bit more fuel in the morning eat a little bit more Mm -hmm. breakfast and Immediate difference there. So if you're having those kind of kinds of issues with your workouts try these little, try, try these little tweaks and see what happens for you in the long run. I like it. I like it.
1: Great takeaway from Tyler. And I think that's all we have for this week. Do you have anything else to add Tyler? That's all we
0: have. Good episode. That's all we
1: have. All right. Well, thank you so much to every single one of you motherfuckers for listening. And taking a little time out of your day, I know you could have been anywhere in the fucking world, but you're here with us. And we appreciate it. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at movie Buffs underscore podcast. And if you like this episode, share it and leave us a five-star review. Because, God damn it, we are five-star men. And we deserve it. Check the links in the description to find out all the great companies that help keep the lights on here in the podcast studio. And join us next week when we talk about how much editing it took me to get all the fucks out of this episode. Stay buff, my friends, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.
0: Feeling inspired by hosts Ron and Tyler to work on your health? The Movie Buffs podcast is brought to you by Time to Train Fitness. Use the link in the description to view all the membership options and to start a free five-day trial. Get ready to press play on your next workout.